another Tokyo Citadel Builders Podcast. We thank you for your patronage. We thank you for your time. And we thank you for the next 60 to 90 to 120 minutes that you'll be hanging out with us. Dash, got any kind words for the millions listening at home? Um, are we up to millions? I, I, thank, thank you for listening. Um, there might be millions, but many. they're not paying us millions yet. Yeah, I mean, if every, if every one of you could send, you know, just a hundred sats, it would make a big difference. Yes, so that, absolutely, that's, yeah, yeah. Don't be cheap. Send money in, right, real money, me. Bitcoin money, not crappy yens or euros or dollars or any other that garbage. Send us real money that we want. But how you doing this week? Doing all right? I'm doing good. The week started off well. Um, yeah, can't complain. Uh, can't believe it's already the end of January, but here we are. Another year's flying by. Let's do it. All right, as always, Japan, builders, and then our main topic. What's going on in Japan? Yeah, a uh, light one on Japan this week, but I thought we could discuss a couple of things uh, very local to us. So the first thing is, of course, as you are aware, you 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 are the um you know the the main host and um you were there, but um the we had the Honey Badger Hiroba event. Remind me, I should have done the research before the call, but I think it was our was it our fourth or our third? Fourth. It was our fourth. Yeah. Yep. Um. So we had the fourth event. I thought it was pretty well attended, considering you know we only gave people two weeks' notice, and it was January. Um, attendance generally dips in January. I've noticed. Mm. Um. Bitcoin or not, right? Just, just generally, people are sort of busy. Um, but yeah, we we had the real ones out, and we we had uh, Jairu, um, who's sort of local uh, light lightning engineer, um, come and and he's part of the Tokyo Citadel. He's he's a real one, real ride or die. Um, and he came and gave a a talk and a demonstration on lightning, which I I found fascinating i mean I, I consider myself fairly well informed when it comes to lightning like I, I play around with it and run a node and stuff like that but you know i learned a lot and you know judging by the everyone asking questions i mean uh poor Jado barely got to his demo in the end because i mean people were just so enthusiastic and asking asking so many questions so um it was great to it was just great for him to, sh- to share his expertise uh really enjoyed that i i was reminded of you know how, how interesting bitcoiners are <laughs> um so so as you know you never know who's going to turn up to these events uh we we had there was there was so there's one <laughs> there was one guy he's a very passionate guy you might know who i'm talking about i'm not going to i'm not going to dox him or anything but um um he got re- he got angry at me because i just made a joke that i didn't own any bitcoin you know <laughs> You know how you do. Well, I mean, I don't own it. It wasn't really a joke. I don't own Bitcoin, but <laughs> you, you know, you know how you do. You're like, well, I I lost all my Bitcoin in a boating accident. I just, uh, you know, it's just a bit of a joke. And uh, he, uh, he, 
he just took it a little bit autistically and didn't <laughs> <laughs> didn't see the funny side and uh, and sort of got upset at me so it just reminded me that you've got to you've kind of got to be 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 wary of um you know try, trying to uh uh i don't know i just you just have to tailor your your communication style to different <laughs> different personality types i think but um how about yourself did you did you enjoy the event it was fucking great. Jair is awesome. I've known Jair for a little while now. It's actually funny. Um, I uh, It was through a roundabout way that I actually got in contact with him. Uh, initially, it was before I'd actually, I, before I met you, before I met any, any other Bitcoiner, I think, in the uh, in the city. It was just, uh, it, it was something that, that worked out. And um, yeah, I hooked up with him, um, IRL, as, as you do. And uh, it was great. He's great guy i didn't realize he was as uh versed as he was or as he is rather in um in kind of the the nuances of lightning uh at the time i wouldn't it wouldn't have known what the hell you're talking about anyway but um yeah he's you know he's not screwing around because of his background and how he grew up you know in south america uh in venezuela with the um uh, the the uh, the hyperinflation and all all the all the fuckery down there, he is no joke. It's really funny. He's like, I will give you, I will I will give Bitcoin to you only if and only if you take it from my cold dead fingers. It's really like he's like hodled to the extreme. Not that he's anti uh, like spending replace or something or using lightning, but it's just like he is so committed to Bitcoin. It's not even funny. It's great. Um, and then, he, I, like I said, I didn't realize he was uh, quite as well versed as he is in all the the different uh, intricacies and nuances and had done as much setting up as he did. But I know he did, he did work for Start9 or intern like i forget exactly what he did but he did something for start nine and then he you know he's um just been a hobbyist and and playing around for a while and as we saw in the thing he's gotten his lightning routing node up to whatever number 148 or whatever it was well i think it was even higher it really surprised me because i mean that's global that's the global rankings and this guy's got one of the you know as you say like he's in the top 100 or something like that lightning nodes globally um which I mean, that's just a hell of an achievement, right? And it's just, I remember it's just, routing it's just him. I had a, I tried to route, and I didn't get one fucking cent sent through my uh, yeah. my node. I don't even know if I was doing it right. I ran I ran Umbro for a little bit, and it sucked. I, I, I set up a lab with three nodes, and I couldn't even get my own things routing. <laughs> and it, so never mind routing, you know, global traffic. But yeah, this guy's doing it, and uh, he's doing a hell of a job. And yeah, I and you know, hope, yeah, hopefully we can get him to you know give give more to guys. The, the problem with those is always you just you never you always run out of time because everyone's just got so many questions. Well, the nice thing with that is like Jair is all. I mean, as long as he's in the country, I know he travels for work and whatnot. But he's always like he's 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 a ride or die type. So he'll like if you if uh it, the more you want him to do, he's more than happy to do it. Um, he just he just loves you know loves all this stuff and loves teaching and whatnot. So you know we'll have I'm sure we'll have multiple. Set. He'll be he does everything. You know what I mean? Because he's like you know during his presentation, mm-hmm. he's like oh you're showing your IP address and you know him right? Because you know he's a big guy from you know, from Venezuela. And he's like, uh, I don't care. Come to my house. I put it up there for a fucking reason. Come and take it. You know, it's really funny with him. So, um, yes, yes. he will be he doing, a, he has a unique uh, approach to OPSEC, which is, yes, his is fuck you. Come, come and, take and find it. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Chair. No, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no yellow in this man. He just straight up mm. bull red. 
Um, but yeah, he'll be doing a bunch, I'm sure. Um, he's got multiple topics that he wants to hit on. So I'm, you know, I was thrilled with it. I'm not a technical guy. Obviously, you know, I've mentioned that multiple times on the show. Uh, but he, you know, he explains it pretty well. And he went through Umbral, like, you know, with the point and click nature, like they've kind of p- plug and play nature of mm. Umbral. And even I was able to figure that one out and follow what he was talking about. So, you know, I wouldn't be doing much, you know, back end, mm. um, whatever the fuck they call it, you know, um, where you got to command line stuff. But, mm. you know, like for the for your average moron, you know, ADIQ person like myself, um, you know, Umbral is pretty good, and um, the way he the way he walked us through it was was more than more than graspable, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we're all left left side of the bell curve in the in the citadel. It's the left left side of the bell curve. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I mean, he, I don't know if it was just him making it look easy, but it um, I and I think it's a mix of that his experience, but also Umbrell being pretty polished now. Now I think you know I was always a little bit uh, with Umbrell. I didn't like it at the beginning early on because of their licensing stuff. But as far as I know, they've addressed that now. It's like a fully open source. I think it might even be MIT license, but I'm I'm not I might be wrong about that. But but I know I know I, I believe they've greatly improved their licensing and um and the, yeah and the product looks amazing and I know they sell hardware as well. So anyone who's thinking of um you know doing a node it could could be a good option. Yeah, I mean it, it was just literally a GUI point and click. I mean just literally one click to install Bitcoin Core. So yeah, it's all absolutely all good stuff. Yeah, the, um, um, but the questions were great too. You guys were throwing out questions left and right, and it was, you know, I felt bad having to cut it off. But you know, the guy hosting it, and he had to get family and kids and whatnot, so mm. let let this poor bastard go home. But yeah, we we'd have been there till probably three in the morning, if you know. So it was it was one, it was just one of those, right? Um, no, it's good, but it's great. I mean, it's great to see. This is. I feel like we're still as well in. It's like bet we're in the bear market still in a good in a good way, right? So. And and obviously the honey badger, hiddo badger, just by its nature, I think is it does a good job of it's sort of only the hardcore that's that show up anyway. Um, and so you just it's just I feel like it's very high signal, you know. Um, I feel like it's always a, a very good use of my time to go. So yeah, really good, really really pleased with that. Um, you, any any thoughts on the on the next on the next one? I know we'll probably be putting together something and putting it on the meetup page, but um, any any ideas on um, well the, the next uh, speaker. Yeah, we actually um, 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 there is talks, you know, of doing some uh, branding, marketing stuff uh, with a guy that that uh, you know that might seem antithetical to um, uh, to the Hiroba stuff, but you know, tying that in with with Bitcoin and how you know companies can uh, approach that, how people looking to um, expand their services into 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 a bitcoin economy how to brand how to market themselves in a certain way that gets attention i think would be a good one and then after that maybe go back to jair there's there's a bunch of possibilities but i was thinking that um either a 3d printing one which is Mm. yet to be developed or as i was um requested to put on a branding marketing uh one for for those who want to get in who start to who want to expand the circular economy, uh, circular economy, citadel uh, economy mm. kind of thing. So I think that would be a, yeah. a nice shift, less technical, more, um, more broad-based uh, mm. financial. Be careful with the 3D printer one, considering our, our membership. You know, half half us are on less. So that's that that's a good point. <laughs> 
That's Did a very you... good point. We're all, we are printing chess figures. Dash Dash likes chess figures. We're gonna we're gonna print a chess figurine game, and it'll be in yes. the, it'll be in like uh, Dune characters or something. I don't know, but mm. uh, don't worry, don't worry. There's no reason to add us to any more lists. It has nothing to do with that. We're just making widgets, many many <laughs> widgets to play chess and checkers. <laughs> nice. I can I can see us starting a new meme. Yes. Um, good. Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that. The only other thing on on Japan was um, ramen watch. It's maybe it's a new uh, corner. <laughs> maybe it's a new corner that's going to develop here. But I, I did hear. I, like I, um, oh, I was listening to Li- Libertarian Man's radio. Li- Li- Libertarian Man. Oh, radio. on Spaces or whatever. Ah, uh, well, he puts those on. Uh, in a, he's got a podcast feed now. Oh, does he? So oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, so he so what he does is he's still doing the spaces, and then he just records that and he puts the audio out on a podcast. So I I just listen to the podcast format. Um, but yeah, but it's it's one of the best Japanese language. There's basically two Japanese language Bitcoin podcasts that I'm aware of. One mm. of the one is Bitcoin Hansei Kai, which is Koji, um, Joe and um, Shin who do that, and it's it's very good. Um, it's it's that a little very free- technical though. It's it's a little technical and it's it's a little infrequent as well, um, and also it tends to discuss. I mean, it's very they're, they're Bitcoiners, but they'll also discuss the wider crypto uh, ecosystem, and they'll, and they'll do it in a kind of polite way, shall we say? Um, Libertarian man does not <laughs> mess min, <laughs> yeah. mince his words. He's very direct, um, which probably I don't I don't know how much of that is. I mean, he's like fully bicultural, bilingual guy, so. Um, he, he, you know, he. I guess he just can do that, right? Um, um, uh, and um, but he's very high signal, so he's, he's he's. I mean, he's one of the best Japanese Bitcoiners that I know of. Um, but yeah, I was listening to his show, and he was saying that he had been to Azabu Azabu Dai Hiruzu. I think it's a new building. And, oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think opened was it this year? But and well, maybe late last year. Um, but he he had ramen. It was two thousand yen. <laughs> really? <laughs> just the regular. Ah, ramen, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, some of that's location, right? Um, but you know, we were talking about the other week three thousand yen ramen for the tourists mm. in, in Fukushima. This one's two thousand yen for ma. What would you say, like? Uh, uh, Kachikumi Japan. How do you say that? Like um, uh, the you know the affluent Japanese, shall we say? Mm. Who, who are going well, to I think of that more. Is that area mm. more affluent Japanese, or is it um, uh, expats? I guess it's yes. I, I, yeah. So what well, globalist, shall we say? It's yeah. Globalist. Yes. It's the globalists. It's it's the affluent Japanese plus expats who you know probably all the working, all the Taishikan, all the. Um... Mm. Uh, what is it? Uh, embassies are uh, yeah are right, out there too, right. right? Right, right. So they don't need to be too price competitive, should we say? But yeah, I mean, yeah. he was just saying it was just a normal ramen. Yeah, it was two thousand yen. So I don't know. I mean, it's just it, to me, it's creepy. Why the up. hell did um, he get it? What the fuck? I mean, why would you buy? Why would you order as a normal person two thousand yen ramen? Like, just go to the Seven Eleven downstairs. That's your own uh, fault, Liberty Man. That's your own damn fault. You've been. I don't think he's ramen. a Seven Eleven kind of guy. This guy's a, a sophisticated uh, <laughs> I guess eater. That's a good so point. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's let's keep an eye on the ramen. I, that's my. You know, it's not forget the Big Mac index. I think we need we need to get the we need to get the ramen index going here. Keep track of inflation. Well, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I we were bust, I, I'm always busting your balls about that being a bit doomerish in the end of the world scenario. But who knows? I mean, we might see that shit. Um, you know. 5,000 yen ramen or whatever the hell you know in in the not too distant future and if you're right then you know 
you, you get uh, you win a cookie, I guess. I have no idea. Like I don't, you know, if we're starting to see well, five thousand yen ramen, then that's bad for everybody. Yeah, well, well, for the record, it's uh, did I say five thousand? Was it four thousand? Four thousand. Now you've got me. Now you've got me confused because I'm, I'm pretty sure I was four thousand yen ramen. But whatever. Um, I you know I've got the receipts, I got the recordings, timestamps, everything. I probably should do an inscription on the on the Bitcoin blockchain. Maybe you give Amen. me an idea. For, yeah, there we go. We found <laughs> we found a real use case. Um, and then I can prove it. But yeah, I at least want. I don't know. I don't know what would be good, but just people to say, you, you, Dash, you were right about that would be would be nice. We'll see. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, it's, as ridiculous and retarded as uh, as certain metrics are, or, you know, as, as funny as they may be, like, if you, I mean, if you're in your daily life, if we're, or you, if we are here and on uh, the day-to-day and we start to see just in the in the neighborhood, right, in ye old mm. Kinjo um, <laughs> uh, ramen shop, we see friggin' 2,500, plus ramen you know shit has started to really the shit is cracking at the seams here in japan because Mm. that is not what it should be it should be 500 yen or whatever i don't eat ramen Mm. with with much i have every once every couple of years but it's like it shouldn't be more than like six seven hundred yen i know that much yeah i mean i don't know you well what would it be equivalent in the u.s i I think it might be the the dollar menu which is now four or five dollars right so absolutely right yeah the the number two is now eleven dollars at mcdonald's or whatever yeah so it's similar to that but in the u i mean the u.s life goes on right and i feel like in japan we're going to be yeah i mean everyone's been used to oh prices don't change in japan it could be well it's like yeah uh but two, two, two decades or three decades out of how you know hundreds of years of financial history, you'll find that's an aberration, and mm. you know the norm is for things to be not well, maybe may, uh, at least in the fiat era. Um, well, but, so, well, also the U.S. is uh, Yahtzee world, so like every you know, so now a cashier at uh, the Target makes eighty grand a year, right? So right, you know, if, right. if the if the, you know they uh, uh, a Happy Meal is forty seven dollars, well, you know, commensurate with that is their pay. But in Japan, it's like the guy at the office is still making the equivalent of 30 grand a year and now his ramen is 18 x yeah i think we're seeing that change so i'm noticing the kind of um part-time work if you go into restaurants and what have you they'll say you know what 1500 an hour seems to be the and so i i remember when that was 1100 or 1000 or you know nine nine fifty depends on if you do the night shift or not but so it seems that is going up in so i i do i like when, when i say the four thousand yen ramen it's like yeah i do think people's salaries are going to go up at the same rate it's it's well it's just it just won't quite track because the, the problem is you know you pay more taxes the higher your pay is etc so, so the, the net result is you do get poorer but it won't be that drastic i think i think at that point people will probably be getting to three thousand an hour and in, in mm. the, you know um so we'll see but um but yeah but that and, that and that's what the government really is aiming for right and yeah. I, I mean they'll tell you with a straight face that's what they're aiming for because they well i mean the real reasons because they want to inflate the debt away of course mm. um but they of the, the the keynesian i guess justification for that is well you know we need that you know that sense well that sense i mean well i, I used to talk about the animal spirits and things like that right or people feel mm. like they're getting richer and um then it encourages consumption and and that's that's like that's the the theory right that's that's what they're using to justify this so it's kind of it's kind of going as planned in that sense right Mm. indeed it is if you're a regular listener to the podcast you can support the show and help us grow by listening on fountain 
a podcast app on iOS or Android. You can share your thoughts on this episode or simply say thanks by sending some stats with a comment called a boost. Getting started is easy. You can top up your Fountain wallet with a bank card or any Lightning wallet. You can earn sats by listening on Fountain and being an active member of the community. Visit fountain.fm to learn more. Yep, so sorry, that was a brief Japan segment this week, but uh, we, we will keep the listeners updated on uh, on the price of ramen going forward. Uh, yes, sir. All right, well, moving on. Actually, I'll keep this one short as well for the Builders segment. actually found a still beta, um, ver- uh, still in beta version, this particular thing called Satoshi, uh, Satoshi, yeah. Satoshi.money. It's an app for Google um and the uh and ios i'm sure you can get it on fdroid and the other ones um you can find them at satoshi money btc on x there but uh the way they describe it uh the bitcoin app for everyone you can buy pay earn learn spend and borrow all in one super app like i said you can buy pay earn refer learn uh cash Activity, contact, spend, borrow. Yeah, the, it, it offers an app with seven bazillion um, different uses for the app and how you can uh, earn uh, or get Bitcoin, use Bitcoin, um, connect with others. It's similar to um, if, if um, any of the hardcore Bitcoiners have seen um, uh, John Carvalho's uh, BitKit. It seems uh, similar to that because you have actual contacts that you can you can put in there, so you can send people. Uh, you can you know uh, you know tr- uh, send Bitcoin back and forth via via a contact instead of a, a kind of a a, a, a a jumble of BC one whatever uh, Bitcoin address. Um, the uh, it, the thing is still in beta, but it, it seems uh, to be going to be released soon. It's actually pretty slick. I like the look of it um, for people coming in. I think this kind of app is important. I think this kind of thing is is helpful. It allows you. It's not geo uh, specific, so anywhere in the world that allow you to find places to buy, find places to sell, find places to use, and all that kind of thing. So I think this kind of all in one. Um, Bitcoin app store, for lack of a better way to, to frame it, is good going forward because people coming in uh, via the next bull market will have a lot more tools than um, had previous, where it's like you'd go on to Coinbase or go to Azteco or, you know, in peer-to-peer person to just trade for cash. Now they'll, there's more stuff you can do with it and there's more people to connect with um, as uh, the user base expands. So I think this kind of thing will be helpful. I think this is something that uh, many folks uh, could use, should use. I don't know what, uh, I'm actually curious from a privacy and, um, you know, more hardliner perspective, what you would think of something like this. Yeah, so just explain it to me then. So this, so you, you mentioned it was an, it's like an app store where you. No, that's how, I, that's how I'm framing it. Like you, okay. um, a, a Bitcoin kind of, like you go in there and there's, 75 different things that it allows you to do you can mm-hmm. learn about bitcoin you can use bitcoin you can pay buy okay. it gives you a wallet they, all this kind of different stuff okay so it allows you to kind of use you know if you want to think of bitcoin as the iphone this thing will operate as a as an app store mm-hmm. to for you to do with do with it as you please does it work so and you mentioned something about like address book or contacts in there yes so does that work over nostr 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't. Uh, I didn't. Hmm. I didn't see that. I imagine not. Because when you said that, it made me think of the Mutiny Wallet, where they do this thing where they NOS the Wallet Connect, okay. and it, what it'll do is it'll pull your contacts, you know, your contacts, the people you're following, I guess, uh, from Nostra into your into the into the kind of an kind of like an address book experience, and you can then look people up by name and then pay them Sats. Yeah, it's it's similar to that, but it's not over Nostra, right. so I don't know exactly. I haven't mm. I, I haven't uh, played with the the thing that much just because at this particular moment there's not many people to connect with yeah. anyway. Um, but um, if it works anything like the BitKit, as soon as you get their credentials, um, yeah, you can just send directly to them without having to go through the uh, yeah uh, the whole rigmarole of copy paste. Yeah. I mean, from a privacy perspective, I'd just be concerned if they weren't using Nostra. It's like, okay, they've got a centralized database of Bitcoiners. So this is just a matter of time before that leaks, right? So that would be my concern there. Um, I think going forward, if you, yeah, I mean, if you're going, I mean, you should probably be looking to not to leverage Nostra for these kind of things, I think. Because um, you, otherwise, you're kind of reinventing the wheel. And if you have any, like, as soon as you get a, a, a bunch of people's information in a centralized place, that's just a honeypot for you know which can be kind of will be used against people who leak their private info to that company so yeah i mean my thoughts would be you know take care uh limit the amount of private information you give when you're signing up i mean hopefully you'll be able to sign up using something like simple login uh which is a service i think it's owned by proton mail now but you can generate burner emails on the fly for example you can even pay for that service in Bitcoin, um, and that helps you preserve some degree of privacy. Uh, for example, in the latest leak is Tre- Trezor. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing um, that these wallet companies like mm, more than holding your fucking right? contact info and giving it away to th- criminals. Right. Um, it it's insane. Um, but um, if you had, for example, use simple login to log to with with trezor what you can do with simple login is you could disable the email after the fact right so if you don't need it anymore you can just disable it or if you heard there's been a data leak just disable it and then the emails won't even arrive to you anymore Hmm. so yeah i'd recommend any anything to do with bitcoin is like just just and it's a little bit of a pain but it takes like 30 seconds to generate a burner email using a login like simple login a service like simple login and you you probably will will appreciate that down the road when when there are things like data leaks so that would be Absolutely. that would be my advice yeah. Mm. yeah the um yeah i imagine the hard i mean like some of the hardcore privacy guys and some of the um some of the other folks might might not like it but i think for a lot of people coming in you know ex bitcoiner's wife that's kind of coming in and she's less you know weird about it and just you know likes bitcoin likes the idea gets the whole thing but doesn't want to sit there and kill herself trying to set all this up i think you uh simpler user interfaces that allow self-custody that allow um wallet generation and thing like that i think all of this will be beneficial to uh, to a good amount of people there it'll get them off of centralized exchanges it'll get them off mm. things that are are uh prohibit or it'll keep them from using things that are prohibitively complicated mm. where they'll screw themselves this i think makes a nice middle ground even if you do have to give up a little bit of uh, privacy and a little bit of um, uh, some of the more hardcore aspects of Bitcoin, but mm. you got to start somewhere. No one jumps, you know, no one jumps in from nothing to 
rolling dice mm. on a cold card. So, well, and on that note, like I mean, so oh, yes, anyone hardcore in privacy is going to be using you know uh, Mulvad VPN with simple login or something like that to minimize the data they're sharing. But you can actually achieve a similar effect if you can't, you know, and if if you can't, can't don't want to do that. Fine, but I think Apple provide these similar services now, right? So if you're they in the do. Apple yes. ecosystem, yeah, so you can have a burner email with Apple, and also they'll protect your uh, protect, you know, whatever they'll they'll ob- obfuscate your IP to some extent. That, you know, you ha- you're trusting Apple with your privacy, but I think that's better. Like, there's one step you, removed, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good trade. I think it's a good trade off. I think Apple and Apple are kind of making privacy as their. Um, it's it's part of the value proposition right or the value add uh so yeah personally i don't you know i'm moving away from apple i'm minimizing my experience, but that's just me being an extreme I'm, I'm willing to go the extra you know 10 yards to do that but for people who are not i think yeah apple is a good start and then as you say this this kind of app which just helps people take custody and use their bitcoin in a f- kind of friendly way in a useful way yeah i mean why not sounds you know could, could be good could be a good thing yes so shout out satoshi dot money um look forward to er, that that was the email or the the website right satoshi yeah satoshi dot money so check them out see what you think and if you're on x satoshi money btc give them a shout out give their app a use or uh give their app some love show show the good lord forget this language we're going to japanese japanese from now on stupid english language Show their app some love, give their app some usage, and uh, see what you think. Let us know. That's it for builders. We've gone through Japan. We've done some building. What's the main topic? Yeah. So the main topic for this show, and it might it might be a two three part. We'll see how we go. Um, it's not an easy topic, I don't think, but I think it's a very important one. It's certainly very important to me. And I think to you, and I think I think to a number of listeners potentially. Uh, I've titled it "Fiat Christianity," um, which is a provocative title, and um, um, one that I think will be immediately, uh, I guess, relevant to people, or they'll kind of understand what where where we might be coming from. But you know, from from the beginning, I should say I'm not saying fiat is the cause of the problems with Christianity, which which we're going to be getting into today, the, and and the, and the, and the modern church, but I just use that as a as a as a provocative title. But I do think there's a connection between what I see as the kind of decline in in the church, and also phenomena such as fiat money, and and another phenomena we're going to touch on in this in this episode i think i think there's kind of threads that are common that we can pull on and and explore um and you know so at a, at a high level i mean one of the reasons i wanted to discuss this is because um i mean just yeah just to, to, talking about personal personal journeys and what have you but i mean i i grew up in a in a catholic home in um in a in a family that um that took that very seriously and that had kind of there had their ideas shaped um pre-vatican ii so i mean people people familiar with the 
or unfamiliar with the Catholic Church, there was, um, you know, it, there was there was a number of changes that happened to the Catholic Church in in the sixties. I believe it was around the sixties. Should have researched before this episode, but I think it was around the sixties. They had this uh, the, the the Vatican II uh, where yes. they met, and the, yeah, um, and so you know things that people might know are things like that. The the the, the 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 mass was changed from Latin to to the vernacular, for example. Um, but there was just an, a general kind of liberal liberalization of the faith um, at that time, and you know, the, but the one the faith I, I grew up in my house was was the pre-Vatican II. Um, you know, I, I as a kid even served served on the altar um, as, as as an altar boy, you know, in, in a in a church, and the priest there was an old you know, Irish priest. And he was very, he was very much pre-Vatican too. Mm. You know, he, I remember like some, some of the things that just stick in the memory. Like, um, I remember once, uh, the church was broken into by thieves and they stole whatever, some, some of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the items from the altar or whatever, what have you. And I remember the priest telling me he's, he was praying for the, <laughs> for the, for the thieves, uh, hand to wither, wither off. <laughs> <laughs> right so that was the kind of you know um or or i remember my my grandfather calling alcohol you know the demon drink and things like that so it was it was it was that kind of um it was it was the kind of growing up in a kind of world where there was very clear ideas of wrong and right and and the sort of consequences of and and, and a very clear idea of kind of the idea of sin and there was consequences if you sinned and if you you know um i was i was brought up with that kind of within that framework and to, to you know to me it it made it made sense i'm i'm kind of um you know i res- i respected that i kind of feared and i had fear of 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 sinning right of doing bad things as as a result i think and i think i think that was probably a good thing um but then but then what had happened is when when i'd left i'd left um you know to come to japan left the uk and i kind of tried to i could try to continue uh, that kind of you know, w- within the Catholic Church, you know, I'd I'd be like going to attending church. I'd be reading the pa- papal encyclas and like I'd I bought the Catechism of the Catholic Church, you know, and and just went through it. And just I was just looking for answers on certain things that kept coming up in society, you know. And what I found was just like there was there was nothing. Um, I no, I didn't get anything, any any anything, any confidence or any certainty or any kind of firm direction from the church and you know you'd read the catechism and it would be sort of mealy mouthed and trying to trying to play both sides of the ball and like not committing to anything and you 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 know you know retroactively i i think back and i think well the church was on the back foot um you know on on a number of issues you know society was kind of challenging it on and, and the church was kind of in retreat and you know, I couldn't really articulate it like that back then. So for me, it just, it felt like, well, this is all, this is bullshit. Right. And I ended up leaving, I left the church. And this is about the time of, um, the new atheist movement. If you remember, there was, uh, the four horsemen, you know, Hitchens, Harris, Dawkins, and the guy, no one probably. The guy no one ever read. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. da- Daniel Dennett. I, I Daniel remember Dennett, you. Yep, yep. I remember you, Daniel, but many, <laughs> I even read your book. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, uh, what was it? Con- Consciousness Explained. Oh, I forget it now, but I even read one of his books. But, um, it, it, and, you know, I went down that rabbit, you know, rabbit hole, if you like. And, and, um, and it was actually, interestingly enough, it was around the time that I got into Bitcoin that 
at, and I, I believe completely un, unrelated, just coincidentally, also came back to to, to faith. Um, I don't I don't know how I don't know how much is related to me just getting older and wiser, but I you know I I I've been going. Th- it's kind of a parallel journey that I've been walking over the last you know several years. Um, and but not not to the Catholic Church, but just to you know I'd consider myself now like a, a Bible believing Christian. Um, closer to the reform tradition, although, you know, I know me and you sort of go back and forth on that. But, um, you know, I, I, you know, I still look at the Catholic church as, as fallen essentially, just like it's, 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 it has no appeal to me. Um, but, but the, the Bible has great appeal to me. Right. And it's, I feel like it's a treasure, um, above, above anything else in the world. Um, and you know, I, and so, but, but at the same time, I understand, and we, you know, we've gone back and forth on this. That you know, you you can't be a Christian really, and not and not be involved in the church. Uh, you know, and 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 while there's a sort of plethora of like online resources now, you can kind of even on a Sunday you can you stream, you know, um, church services, and you, you know you can sort of watch YouTube videos if your favorite pastors, and all of that's great. Uh, and has been has been very useful to me um but at the same time and and this this relates a bit to the Bit, the bitcoin thing where where we've been talking about physical spaces and the importance of meetups but you know obviously in the church as well from the very early, earliest days people met um in in the house churches and celebrated the eucharist um there um you know on the lord's day so this this is something that goes back to the you know the very 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 earliest days and it, you know and so i'm kind of looking for 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 a home and, and and to get my family, you know, to church and to get involved in the church. But at the same time, you know, the church kind of isn't uh, many, many of the mainstream churches just, just don't, just don't appeal. And what I was hoping we could do on this, on this episode is just really talk about, talk about that, um, talk about the, I guess, you know, what, what, you know, why, why is that? Um, and, you know, you shared with me a, a paper on, uh, I think it was liberalism and Christianity, which was written a hundred years ago and explained a lot of the problems I think I'm seeing with the modern church. They existed a hundred years ago, which is, which predates fiat money. So this isn't, this isn't necessarily a fiat issue. Um, but it's, it, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think, I'm, and, and this is, and I'll sort of end this with a, my idea, I guess, and we and then I hand it to you to um, for, for your input on this. But you know, I feel like essentially what is happening at a very high level, and and this connects both to the fear and to the modern church and to a lot of things. But it's like somewhere around, I think it was the you know the the Enlightenment or the Industrial Revolution. You, you know, hu- humanity became kind of intoxicated with its own potential, if you like, and people saw the potential of you know, science, technology, to cure diseases, you know, to improve quality of life, to address many, you know, material issues that we have. And that's, and that's fair enough. And the evidence you, know, you see with your own eyes of, of, of that to some extent is true, right? And they, and, and so there was this idea born that, well, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't need God anymore. We don't need superstition anymore. We just need human ingenuity. And there's nothing we can't engineer. There's nothing we can't, um, you know, make, make better for ourselves in, in life. And I think this is the view held by the elites and the elites within the church. It's, and so it's not Christianity, it's humanism. 
Um, and I think they just pay lip service to the ideas of the, you know, um, the, the, you know, the Bible being the, the word of God, um, Christ being the son of God and, and, you know, his atoning sacrifice and you know, death and resurrection being our, uh, the, the, the key to our salvation. I, I think they just pay lip service to those ideas, but they don't actually believe them. And I'm talking about the Pope. I'm talking about the Archbishop of Canterbury. You know, I'm talking about people at the very senior levels of the church essentially are just kind of playing lip service to this, but while, while what they really subscribe to is this humanistic idea that, you know, the human is the, is the architect of our own salvation, if you like. And, um, and also that that kind of connects to fiat money. Cause it's this idea that if, you know, we hear, we hear, we hear this a lot, right. That, you know, if we could only work out how to properly redistribute resources and, you know, that's essentially an engineering problem or it's, it's a scientific, it's a matter of science, right? Because e economics tries to position itself as a science. And it's this idea that we can centrally plan and, and with human ingenuity, we can kind of, we, and fiat money is, is a tool of then the, of human ingenuity to, to, you know, if we could only just work out the balance of uh, asset reallocation, then we could again, usher, usher in this kind of utopia. And I, and I feel like, yeah, those those are the th those are the threads, uh, or that's the religion of our of the elites in our society, and that has what has really led to the, the 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 you know the the falling of the money, the falling of the church, and also a big disconnect between, for example, the church hierarchy and the and the flock or the you know the people, or 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 if you wanted to say you know put it in a secular sense or, or you know the, the 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 gap we're seeing between the sort of Davos elite or the governments and 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 the people, um, because I think the people sense that there's something. That there's that there isn't a you know that, that that there's something beyond just the human experience and the human intuition and there's something sort of there's something divine and mysterious which we need to f fully respect and that we're not doing that and, and that's a dangerous path that we're currently walking out that so that's the kind of high level framing of what I'd like to discuss but does that did that make any sense and do you have any any initial ideas or thoughts on on that yeah no I um uh I, there's a, there's a, obviously there was a lot in there um the Bitcoin and um, the, the returning to the church connection is an interesting one. I, as you know, uh, ne neither of us subscribe to Bitcoin as religion. We did a whole two or three part series on that just, uh, I think for the last one. Um, but there is something to the idea, like, you know, the, the, the tangibility, the, the real lifeness, the, uh, the physicality, the power usage, um, all those, those different aspects of, of Bitcoin are what separate it really from, um, you know the the altcoin market. Um, what makes Ethereum worthless is that it not only was it the way it's constructed, but then the the proof of proof of stake that they changed it to. So now it's completely worthless. It's not even it, tied to, to reality in any way. And you have Vitalik coming out and saying, um, you know, we can make up our own uh, laws of physics in the metaverse. You know, all this ridiculous nonsense that he says. Um, and in the same way, you know, you, you, yeah, Christianity. Uh, you come back to uh, the sola, the five solas of the Reformation, and all the, the, these expressions of Christianity are, are real, tangible people with real, tangible communities and real, tangible world. And um, although Bitcoin isn't religion, it you know it it is um, it it's an ethical money which um, fits within that framework because you're also dealing with the need for having uh, in real life uh, citadel building. It it, it promotes um, life in the real world, not the bug man with his headset, but communities being built together uh, by people in real life with real intention for real purpose. 
Um, so I think that, you know, I think that is a, uh, a very much in a laudable and connected, uh, a, a piece that connects Bitcoin to, to, uh, a wider, um, ideological framework. On top of that, yeah, you can definitely see, I mean, in all branches of the church, you can see a fiatization over time. I mean, just take take a look at some moron like Joel Osteen or any of these health and wealth preachers that are on, you know, TV and the radio and the Internet and, and just making shit up, which is, you know, blatantly retarded. And they are contillionaire types blatantly going after the the dumbest and the most uh, needy and the most uh, distressed, just raping them blind um, with with pure fiat nonsensical uh, claims and and hopes and uh, selling of dreams to people, which has nothing to do with um, any kind of Bible-based religion or any kind of moral and ethical life standard. It's just it's pure greed and um, uh cantillian bullshit nonsensical um uh lies um so i think that that also plays in to it as well so it's good i mean i don't think the church has died because of uh fiat but it's infected the it's, you know you can as i said you can see it the, in the worst with the tv morons but even in good churches um I'm I'm a de jure Presbyterian, meaning I am. I think that is uh, the one uh, the the biblical example. It's not a spectrum. There's one biblical example of how churches should be run, and 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 that's it. But I'm on the extreme when it comes to that. But e- either way, um, in my in in churches which are in my denomination in my sphere, you can see this um, nonsensical garbage uh, making its way in, uh, more selling products. Um, you can see it with, you know, the, uh, the kind of ridiculous light, um, uh, artsy, gay, uh, involvement of certain sectors, which have creeped in, which are more entertainment, have nothing to do with anything that's taught in scripture. It's more to entertain 40 year old women and homosexuals, uh, because that's, that's who's important now to society. And that's where all your money and prestige come from is if you have these people in your, uh, in your in your congregation, um, so I think as we have seen that creep in, you see um, vast amounts of money going to um, ministries, quote unquote, and uh, things for sale, people for sale, and that that's detrimental. So I think you hit on something good there. And then as we go back and we start to trace back where the problems are. It's easy. I mean, one thing which I, I we can hit on more is it's easy to, to make a whipping boy of the Enlightenment. Um, the EO, Eastern Orthodox boys do that. The Catholics do. Everybody does that. Was everything great about the Enlightenment? No. Um, was it all bad? No. I mean, like, we, we certainly learn things. I mean, it, it's easy to go out and be like, oh, we just need to restart from 1408 or something. But, you know, that that's not how life works. It's also not, not true. Uh, we did learn a good stuff. Humanism which uh, came out of that time period was certainly um, set us on a, a certain group on a, a detrimental framework, which, you know, as you can see now, really, which is what the global globalist agenda and religion is, is transhumanism, right? So I think humanism as a base has, has led to, to many problems. And that's certainly from this time period, but um, you know, things like 
the ad fontes principle of going back to the sources and principles of uh, of learning and of science, which are in there uh, when when done well are are very uh, complementary to what God means by uh, go out and and um, and um, subdue the world and understand it and you can do th- uh, you, it's necessary to understand the world because God reveals himself in a certain sense not through via salvation but in through knowing him through his creation um, in a certain way that you can understand how he acts via uh, his his creation via rules and and whatnot and it's uh, nature displays his glory and his beauty things like that so there are many different aspects of uh, the Enlightenment, which you know shouldn't be taken as religion as they did with humanism. But before we we completely uh, knock everything that happened, there there's been certain advancements in life which I think are are helpful. I don't you know the ideas of slavery or something like that you know are you know it's, it's not like we want to go back to that. I don't know that. You know, even Paul, you know, that that might be that might be how life is and that might be a certain circumstance you find yourself in. But it's certainly not ideal. <laughs> like if you can, you know, Paul says that if you can get out of being a slave, well, cer- certainly do that and get your freedom. Um, but if you can't, you know, make your peace with it. And many people find themselves maybe not in slavery with a capital S slavery, but in terms of the, the fiat system, they're in the world that they can't really escape. They live paycheck to paycheck. They have to have this crappy job. And, you know, they are they are essentially slaves to their boss or to their corporation so that their family can eat. We saw this during uh, the COVID with the, uh, with the, uh, with the jab there. Um, if you didn't get it, you were, you were shit canned. And that is, a form of slavery. I don't. You can't call it anything else. If you have no choice but to do this thing that you don't want to do, what are you but a slave? So there's a, yeah, there's a lot there. You brought up a lot of good stuff. Looking forward to going on. Mm. I went on too long. Let me stop my rant. No, that was that was good. You you touched on a couple of things I wanted to get into. Like one one of the things I think you alluded to was like the church's attempt to appeal to different demographics um with things like these really cringy things right where they're okay well what we need is like to modernize the music or we just need more singing and dancing in the church or whatever it reminds me of the uh, the like mlb is always like this right the baseball they're always like oh we need to get young people to come watch baseball what should we do um and have you i don't know if you've seen that they've introduced a, um a, a pitch a pitches a pitch what do they call it pitches pitching clock picture clock now so that, like the pitcher has to throw the next the next uh, pitch within thirty seconds of the last one, or something like that. Really? Yeah, and I had no so, idea. No, I'd never seen that. There, yeah, I don't yeah. watch baseball, but yeah, they've got it. So I well, I used to I used to kind of enjoy watching baseball because it's a relaxing thing to do, right? I mean, just now and again, you sit there, you watch baseball, you don't really watch, you browse your phone, whatever. It's on in the background. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's it's, com- it's comforting, right? Yeah. Then that, now I can't watch it because I feel this pressure with the, with the with the with the pitching clock. I'm like, you know, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, attention. is he, he going to make it? Is he going to make it? You know, and um, so I feel like they just fundamentally don't understand what's good in their own game, which is, you know, young people are never going to watch baseball. Mm. Um, you, you, baseball is for people who just want to, you know, older people who want to relax. So and that's not a bad thing because the younger people are going to grow up and they're going to end up watching baseball when they're older. You know. Mm. They're going to take the, want to take the kids to the ball game because that's just you know, that's just the rite of passage. Now, 
Um, so I feel the church is, it's a, it's a similar thing where the church just doesn't understand its, its value. It's like, look, young people aren't going to, you know, you know, if, if young people want to watch, go and, and, and they'll do music, they're going to go to places that, <laughs> that cater to that specific one, which it, <laughs> they definitely can do it better than the church can do it. Um, you know, what, so, 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 so what does the, what does the church offer? Now, now I, I, I recounted a couple of stories, you know, from my childhood and, and they weren't about singing and dancing, right? They were about fire and brimstone. And yet that was something that was stuck with me and, and I, and I, and I thought was valuable. And I don't know, one of the things I wanted to brought up, uh, to bring up is, um, and, and by the way, you, you also raised a good point about this not being, I'm not, I'm not trying to conflate like Bitcoin and the religion thing. That is, we, we should definitely make sure, if, if listeners haven't uh, listened to our series on Bitcoin and religion, please listen to that because I'm definitely not doing that. I'm just, I want to make it clear that it's just this parallel journey I've had. And, you know, maybe there are things from one to learn to the other, but I, I definitely see, you know, my Christian faith is a, a thousand, ten thousand times more important than Bitcoin um and 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 to be sort of completely separate from it um but yeah i mean so so so, but part of this journey in for me to come back to faith was like like jordan peterson was influential and he did a uh number of lectures on the bible called uh the this i think it was the psychological significance of the bible or something like that um you can check them out on, on youtube on his youtube channel I think it's the fight. Yeah, psychological significance of the Bible. I think that's the name. That was when he was uh, like touring Canada or something, right? Mm, yeah, he went. I think that was in Canada. Yeah, and he would he would rent out a theater on a uh, it was just a ran, like a random weekday night. And my understanding is, I may be wrong with the number, but it was something. We'd get thousands, yeah. maybe even tens of thousands, on a Thursday night in Canada to go and watch a three hour lecture on the Bible. Yep, I remember. So that. just, I mean, just that. Just think about that, and then think about the fact that on the YouTube view count is is up to millions. Yeah, no exaggeration, it's up to millions. So millions, and and what's the demographic? And Peterson's spoken a little bit about the demographic, but it's 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 essentially uh, spoiler alert: it's young men. Mm. All right, so it was it was young men who were attending live the lectures, and it was it's young men who are watching the YouTube. Uh, so, but you know. Well, so why why is this? Why are young men spending three hours of their Thursday nights, you know, listening to Peterson talk about the Bible? And if you if you if you watch the series, it's it's um, focus on the Old Testament. It's actually it's actually just Genesis. He just covers Genesis. Um, and and you know, so I, I so I think the reason was, and and if you watch these, uh, if you watch the videos, there are moments where you can hear a pin drop in the in the room and the reason being is because everybody's just hanging on peterson's every word right and there's something kind of magical happening in that room and what's peterson doing in from he's talking about things like sin you know and he's talking about sin in a very serious way not in an ironic way right not in a hand wavy way he's talking about sin as having significant like significance consequence which stretches through eternity Mm. I mean, that's literally that is that is what he's talking about, and he's and, he, and he's explaining that, yeah, using fairly you know secular language, right? Because he's a um, clinical psychologist, but he's also a professor of uh, psychology. So it's, he's he's speaking in an in an academic way, but in a way that's the, the, the there's a lot of gravitas and profundity to what he's saying, and I, so I, I believe he's like bringing to life these the some of the some of the messages of the of this of this ancient text, you know um and 
you know, young man want, young men wanting to hear that, right? They didn't want to hear, yeah, you know, you you're fine as you are, slap slap on the back, let's sing and dance and be happy. You know, they wanted to be, they wanted to hear that, um, you know, that that's you 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 know, sin is eternal. You can be better. Um, they want to be told what is right and what is wrong. They want to be given clear direction. Um, and they, you know, it, it, it also sounded like wisdom, right? It sounded like if you, if you could internalize some of these lessons, then that would be beneficial for you. You could live a better life because you'd be wiser and you would avoid making mistakes due to, you know, naive thinking or, 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 or whatever. So I feel that that was why people saw i well it's certainly what i mean i should just speak for myself but that that that's what i got from the from the from the lecture series and then i realized you know this this book this ancient book right which even 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 if we're going to be take the you know the most critical scholarly view of of dating the bible i mean we're talking about you know two and a half thousand years back um and and goodness only knows how far you know some of the oldest stories in genesis go back right um but so you're talking thousands thousands of for thousands and thousands of years people have painstakingly right preserved this document and passed it down to each subsequent generation without break they felt it was important enough to expend very scarce resources if you go back to the the most ancient days or even you know prior to the print the printing press of the, of the middle ages being invented it was a very painstaking process to try and create a copy of the bible it had to be handwritten and things like paper was expensive and then the people who had the ability to do this were, were very limited right to had, who had that level of education so you know we're talking about i mean if, we, if we're gonna if we're gonna you know invoke bitcoin kind of language but we, i mean that that's a proof of work but just that very fact right i mean people like peterson would would bring up this fact that look this this book is you know we don't we, we have no idea how far in, back in time these stories go and 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 um and even that in itself is something profound and, and worthy of thought and and again, I think like no one had ever explained that to me before. It was like the Bible is just something like that existed. It was just like the sun goes up and you know sets every day, and and you're like you never really think about it. But when when you stop to think about that, and you think you know of, like every year there's millions of books published, and 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 ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them won't be here in ten years time. Never mind thousands of years, right? Just 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 things like that were um were were enough to really pull me in and really get get me interested and then and when i you know i've, I've sort of moved on from peterson now obviously because um you know i'm reading the book itself and and i'm and i'm trying to um read uh, theology that helps you know with the exegesis of that of the meaning of the book but um uh, and getting a lot of value out of it right no matter how many times i read genesis i never get bored and i always get something from it um and you know how many books can you say that about so i, I so i feel like Peterson Peterson helped in that sense, and I think got a lot of young men thinking about faith and 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 Christianity and the Bible. And you know, my question is like, why? Like, I wonder, I wonder what the church's response because I'm like I said, I'm not really in the church. I, I left the Catholic Church by that time, but like, why can't the church do that? Why isn't it the why? Why isn't why isn't there a guy like Peterson with, from emerging from within the church who's who's making the Bible relevant to? to young men like like he did 
So, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Well, I mean, like, you know, how... Um, part of it is personality, right? Like, so when, when Peterson was dropping the, that biblical series, he was riding high off of massive YouTube uh, success through those uh, through his uh, class lectures, which had been released to YouTube in, what, 2016, which had really had gotten a following, um, through his uh, prominence being placed on the forefront of a political fight for the Canada and, the, and whatever bill that was about the com- uh, compulsive speech, about having to use pronouns, if I remember correctly, um, being on uh, various British and Australian TV shows. That 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 famous one where he, you know, he's, he's battling out with that blonde-haired dunce of a of a common uh, of a broadcaster, you know, and he he drops that uh, that line, gotcha, and uh, over something about uh, I forget exactly what they were talking about, but you know, it, that went viral. So he's got a lot of viral success. So he's right, he's way out in the public eye. Um, so that's why people would come pay to see him just because he is a magnificent speaker, whether you like him or you don't like him or whatever you, if you say that he's not a good speaker, you're full of shit. He's just, he just is, he's a compelling speaker. Um, he uses no notes. He's a brilliant guy cause he can just go for hours off, off top of his head. Right. Um, which is and he's engaging and he's he's thoughtful um he's involved he's uh he's got all the marks of public speaking down like he's looking at certain people he's talking to certain people he's uh feeding off the energy of the room so all of these things just kind of drag you or uh, grab you and pull you into when he is communicating something i mean that that's the kind of guy that can read the phone book and make it interesting but as you said, he's not just interesting because he he had he'd learned certain skill sets and could talk. But he had a certain message which had seemed to have been lost. And there's a guy actually um, named Anthony Bradley who, when all of this was going on, you can look him up. That was asking the same question as you just asked: Why is it mm. that Peterson, this non-Christian dude, young in, whatever the hell he is, still, I mean, still, if you ask him if he, if he is a Christian or something, give you some stupid answer. This is where, unfortunately, his his brilliance leads to him being a pain in the ass. He won't answer the question, you know, what is your definition of is, is kind of thing. And, yeah. um, but Anthony Bradley was asking this, that same exact question. It's like, why is nobody in the church hmm. able to do this? Um, and, you know, there's, oh, why is, why is he able to do what no preacher can do? And it's hard because, you know, anybody can give any number of reasons. One, we have, um, to a certain extent, a glut of people. Like every, every corner in many countries, even in Japan, like, uh, you know, if, especially Tokyo and things like that, there's, there's, you know, any part of town will have 17 thousand churches that you could that you could choose so of these people you're getting you're getting any number of grifters and morons uh people that don't know what they're talking about um non-wise uh liberal so it it flushes out i mean all these people when they talk about in the church right like it's it's diffuse among this this you know on 
on a broad level, this crew of Cretans that shouldn't be doing this to begin with. And then with the people who I think are legitimately called into pastoral service and, and, and preaching and teaching, they have many, in many ways, and this is what Jordan calls out, have been co-opted into a, a weakness. They have been Display, they, they, have, they have displaced their prophetic role for the, the role of the, of, the, of, the, of the nice guy. Nice yeah. being just unoffensive, un, uh, non-confrontational, preaching a, a, a religion of happiness and lightness. And they were made to feel afraid to do anything else, held to a certain extent by fiat standards. As the uh, the money started to run out, those who were giving the money started to call the shots more, and they didn't have the spine and the backbone to be like, "Well, I'll you know, I'll you know, di- I'll, you know, dig ditches if I need to, but I'm going to say as I damn well please." Yeah. And what was left was that these people began to cater to the gay and uh, uh what, what is that word uh gyrantocracy of, mm. of of the female world and it lost its prophetic power mm. to speak important words to 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 really call god's people with god's voice and god's way mm. unapologetically and right. where jordan peterson stepped in he's like is i is I think he mimicked this. I don't think he did it because I don't think he he should be doing this. He right. shouldn't be teaching these kinds of things. He's not a a Christian, as far as I can tell, in any meaningful sense, and he has no um, no real uh, calling to be doing this kind of thing. But what he did is mm. he he reflected back to the culture something that they were missing, and he mm. gave it to them. So he rose up in a position of you know not only uh america or the the world's daddy but also the world's pastor and mm. that's an interesting dynamic it's a sad reflection of the state of the church it's a sad statement on the state of the church but that's what it is now as to why there are none there are some i you know there are there are good men out there preaching good words but um when you're limited as you are with the scriptures to to preaching in a certain kind of way uh you have to be a a spectacular kind of person to take it and uh, apply it. I think there are those who can do it, and there are those who who do do it. Um, but they are we are somewhat limited um, in the church by, you know, what we can what we can do. Like when he would do his Bible series, he would have uh, he would go off on these tangents, which had nothing to do with the Bible at all, and he'd just get into mm. general self help, which has you know Tony Robbins is going to fill more stadiums mm. than any any pastor ever could because he's 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 teaching something else. Uh, mm. So I think that also has something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Good point about Tony Robbins as well. Um, yeah. I mean, he gets yeah hundreds of thousands at his conferences. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think that you're right. I mean, for me, you know, I, I can, I can barely watch Peterson now because I, for exactly the reasons you said, he, you know, Actually, the the sort of calorific content of his own, to, from my perspective now as a Bible believing Christian, you know, it's maybe five ten percent of what he said, you know, and then a lot of what he's saying is just nonsense. Well, what I would consider now kind of nonsense or not really relevant. And yeah, as far as I know, he's not a believer. He's, I think, I mean, I don't really follow him anymore, so I don't know. I mean, he he struck me as a guy who wanted to believe, but he's he he couldn't. His ego wouldn't allow it. You know, mm. he didn't. 
you know, whatever that's between him and God. Right. But, um, um, yeah. And, but, but I also think, I mean, you raised a good point about, um, the, you know, the, the, the people within the church kind of not playing the nice guy role. I feel like Christianity itself is, you know, so one, one thing is, is interesting. I'd like to get into a little bit as well, if we can, um, maybe in depth on, you know, uh, we can say for, a, uh, you know, uh, next week, or whatever, but, uh, C- Curtis Yarvin, um, mm. and I, I, you know, I've been reading his stuff and he wrote, um, a series of blogs on Richard Dawkins and it, it's called how Dawkins got pwned. And he talks about this, um, the religion of Richard Dawkins, um, as being this kind of non-theistic Christianity, as it was essentially, it's 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 a he uses Dawkins' own um, theories against him, if you like, and he talks about uh, this as a mute, kind of a mutation. It's like a mimetic mutation of Christianity, and it, you know it's it's non-theistic, and it but it but it but it seeks to preserve a couple of you know parts of Christianity. What one of those is this kind of arc of history, where so anyone familiar with Scripture will know. You know, there's you know you you begin with Genesis and you end with Revelation. There's this kind of an arc towards um, you know there's obviously different interpretations of, of, of Revelation. I've been I've been doing deep deep dive study for the last couple of months, and it's it's a very complicated book. But there's this kind of arc to where where we're headed um, as as humanity to to some kind of judgment. And you know, for for from a believer's perspective, obviously that's a good arc, right? Because if you if you're um, if you're saved through your faith in in, in Jesus Christ, then that's then you're then you're moving in a positive direction. But so essentially, what the what the non theistic kind of humanism or universalism, as as Curtis uh, Yarvin calls it, is is preserves that kind of arc of history idea. And he and <laughs> Curtis uh, Yarvin identified in uh, Dawkins is writing some very unscientific uh, uses of the word zeitgeist, for example. It's quite, it's quite amusing. You have to read the essay, uh, the essays. But um, so so Richard Dawkins believes in this idea of a zeitgeist, which is this uh, idea that history moves in a in a certain direction, in a good direction. Um, things get better, uh, you know, uh, over time, and that's that in itself, of course, is is a religious belief because there's nothing, there's no scientific evidence that isn't that isn't the case. And in, in actual fact, I mean. Um, if you think about just the inevitability of sort of the en- anthropic death of the universe, it, it could be argued that the scientific evidence is quite the contrary to that, right? Um, but that that doesn't that doesn't seem to bother Richard Dawkins. And but the, but the whole the central tenant of this kind of how Dawkins got pwned, uh, I, you know, the- thesis or, or series of essays is that Dawkins is, is he, he he's a believer in this non-theistic, you know, mimetic mutation of Christianity. Um, I, I I completely agree. I think I think Yarvin has a point and i also think it's not only dawkins it is the entirety of the cathedral another of yarvin's ideas which is this kind of kind of a nebulous idea kind of difficult to to, to grok and explain maybe but for the way i think of it it's the kind of it uh, the fashionable classes it's the it's you know it's the journalists at the new york times it's the it's the professors at harvard you know it's the kind of great and the good and the titled within our uh, american hege- hegemonic you know global world order of which dawkins is uh, a part of course but the the official religion of the cathedral is this non-theistic you know uh, humanism uh, which is a mimetic evolution of christianity just stripping out the inconvenient you know supernatural parts if you like um 
and I think I think this goes back all the way to you know the Enlightenment, etc. I mean, I, so for example, Tol- Tolstoy was someone who I was also interested in. Peterson put me onto him because I didn't, I had no idea, but Tolstoy became quite obsessed with the Bible during later part of his life. You know, he taught himself um, Koine Greek and uh, ancient Hebrew, and um, he even translated the Gospel. Uh, translated him. I mean, he, he translate he. How, how should I say this? He he came up with his own. He rewrote the Gospels. Uh, it's called the Gospel in Brief, and he essentially rewrote the Gospels to exclude all of the supernatural things, all the miracles, right? Um, and just kind of made it this kind of humanistic message where Jesus was just this kind of cool guy, right? Who's um, and, and and you know Tolstoy's ultimate interpretation of that was he he was just an extreme pacifist. Um, but I feel I feel like like. Christianity as it is allowed to exist within the cathedrals, um, you know, this kind of pluralist, uh, you know, humanistic world we live in, the official, the official state religion is that, but the official religion of the elites is that, but the proles are allowed to practice Christianity. Um, but it must, it must fit in with, within that framework. And, and essentially, you know, you're supposed to, you know, Jesus is essentially a good guy. Uh, you, you know, forgive, uh, don't get angry, you know, just accept everybody, everybody else. Uh, don't be judgmental. Um, don't judge other people's lifestyles. Um, you know, pay your taxes, go to church on Sunday, you know, don't, don't make too much noise. And it's like, that is how Christianity is allowed to exist. And I think what you were saying about the, the preachers kind of being, wanting to be nice guys and not wanting to rock the boat. I feel like, you know, look, look at, look at the, what Peterson had to go through, even as an, even as an, as a non-Christian. I mean, he was, vilified right by the by the cathedral they they definitely went after him um and i think any pastor within the church who wanted to speak truth as you were saying as you were sort of alluding to that that we're, that we're missing that, that peterson kind of gave us a glimpse of of, of, what, of what we need but what we really need is from is, is that from the pulpit but any any pastor who did that who you know would have to go up against the cathedral because the cathedral does not accept a, a christianity which is confident and assertive and calls out evil and wickedness where it sees it, because that goes against the agenda of this kind of, you know, pluralistic, humanistic, human engineering process that they're engaged in. So I think, so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why. And so I, I guess just, just to put it back, just the question back to you, like, is, is that cowardice? Is that because people have been effectively, you know, they, 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 they've kind of swallowed the blue pill when it comes to Christianity and they believe this kind of watered down, version of christ which is just like he's just a nice guy or like what is the reason people aren't willing to stand up and kind of receive the flack for for speaking truth um, yeah i think there's there's a couple answers to that um actually american reformer is i don't know if you've seen this uh that's another podcast and 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 publication that is doing um evangelical is doing a series or did a did a show or a multiple show i don't remember which but on it, it, i think it's titled uh evangelicals meet yarvin or evangel introducing evangelical evangelicals to the cathedral oh, um, i have to watch that i have yeah, to watch that nice. this, uh, i haven't seen it yet either but i think um you know that that i think that a bunch of people are coming around to that um realization at this point the there's two but as i said there's a there's a couple ways to look at it one is to think of the mainline denominations and for somewhere like the u.s is uh, the pcusa or um the uh the 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 methodist denomination in the uh in um in the uk it'd be 
the um, the Anglo uh, the, the the Anglican Church uh, writ large. I realize it's a broad thing, but just general the general Anglican that's constituted and and under the authority of the um, the, the the what's his name? Yeah, I forget his name. The Archbishop of Canterbury there. Right. Um, and they've been subverted for you know 150 years or more. Uh, they've always had a political tie-in, which has made them uh, subject and ripe for um, being uh, persuaded to be a bit more on regime terms. You know, um, Archbishop Laud, you know, 300 years ago, like that, or whatever. Back in the U.S., when uh, mainline denominations were popular, they were, you know, uh, or when, you know, you brought up Machen when he was writing, you know, that he, uh, his, his life and times got recorded in the New York Times. You couldn't even imagine a, a churchman being that, you know, um, well documented now or being that interesting to the public, especially the New York Times reading public. Uh, in these days, but they've been subverted for a long time. They got infiltrated through the schools, through their seminaries. Um, they slowly were guided away from specific explications of uh, uh, reform or uh, through through biblical doctrine. In the case of somewhere like um, Princeton, they 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 went in and they got the uh, liberal liberal teachers to go start seeding things using words in the wrong way in, in ways that were deceptive and little by little it, it, it grew and um, began to uh, have a real deleterious effect on, on the church at large as these pastors were taking this in. And soon, um, you know, you had uh, just rank heresy and, and heterodoxy uh, spreading out, and as that became, they they had no biblical basis to stand on. They had, they had cultural mores, but as time went on, you went through the '60s, and those things were no longer important. So you started to see the rise of uh, of the gay movement, of the feminist movement, of uh, universalism, and all these different things just became more and more prominent as they they went across um, the religious spectrum of the day and the and the churches of the day uh, to to the point where. You know, if you show up to any of these mainline denominations, it's it has nothing to do with anything but whatever the the cause du jour of the day, and it's generally around sexual liberation of some kind. You know, pro-abortion, pro-LGBTQ, pro, uh, you know, whatever. You know, pro-Ukraine or whatever. You know, like whatever the the download from the regime is of the week, that's what they're behind. Um, and that's so that's the main line. But then you have the, the sideline churches, the more the ones that had always been more conservative that broke off the free churches of Scotland, um, the, uh, the the Presbyterian, uh, the, the PCA in, in, in the U.S. And, and some of these more what you would consider conservative denominations that hold to uh, the, 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 the divinity of Christ, the Trinity, uh, the infallibility of Scripture, and all these different things that, that you normally associate with um, conservative Christianity. But they were subverted um, through, a, through the cultural weakness that came across kind of the general populace at large. Men, you know, they got fat and lazy and comfortable. They started, you know, going to church with no longer a requirement, catechism bringing up uh, kids in the church with no longer a requirement you hit that 50s time frame they were willing to fight about certain things but once they got once they had broken off and they had had made a place for themselves they started to get a little bit weak and they didn't want to press anymore they allowed 
um, certain influences to come in. They didn't want to be so uh, hardcore because they felt they were losing the youth. So they started to do um, things that would be attractional. And, you, you know, the, the name of the, the show is Fiat, you know, and there's nothing more Fiat than being attractional and, and worrying about your bottom line and your dollar um, than that. So as they began to, you know, get a little bit weak on the edges, certain influences um, the enemy is always trying to make its way in, and it's always looking for an attempt to bring down um, those who stand strong. So as the prophetic witness of these of these stronger conservative churches started to get a little bit weak on worship and a little bit weak on this, and uh, we can allow a little bit thing on here, more and more um, attacks started to come and more and more infiltrations started to come also through um, through the seminaries and through the universities, such that now you have even in these in in these uh, reputed to be strong places, you have extreme uh, advancements that have been made by um, uh, by progressive types that would that would uh, on on the front on the face of them say that they're not progressive at all they're part of the conservative that i'm they're part of the conservative uh faith system but behind that you see everything they do seems to fit in line exactly with their counterparts in the wider uh regime churches of the P, of something like the pcusa or the of the anglican denomination and with that um conservatives had just been so tired and had been had been uh just had been bullied into believing that they were unloving and unpastoral and uncaring and un this and un that and they weren't keeping up with the times and their churches were dying and they weren't going to have any money and they had just been uh kind of uh death by a thousand cutted into seeding uh, authority and giving way towards stupid lame and weak uh men and people who uh were determined to 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 move the denomination more in in line more in in a way that would make them appeasing, they thought, to the cathedral, more in, more in ways that would allow them to be part of high society and in ways that they think that they, they had been in the past and they wanted to get back. They wanted to be culture uh, shapers again. They wanted to have that place at the table. But what they didn't realize was that the, the regime needed that religion perhaps in the past, but they've become strident now and they're making the, a new religion. They have a new religion that they're going to push forward. It seems if you if you're staying mm. up with news, if you read Noah, uh, uh, Yuval oh, Noah Harari, oh. and a lot of these people, they have a new religion for you, and they don't need any of these old things anymore. They have a new one that they can that they can push. So even the gay loving trans churches, quote unquote, that exist mm. today will not need to exist. Mm-hmm. within a certain time period because we have a new religion mm-hmm. that we can worship in. Well, I, I have this, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up and, um, are we, so we, yeah, we, we're getting right up on time, but maybe, maybe the final point, um, uh, so no, no, like, no, what's his name? I know Yuval Harari, right? I, so I always, I never remember how to say, it. so he, I remember watching him give, and he was, he was addressing, I think it was Davos a couple of years back. And this, and he was talking about his transhumanism and he was talking about how human intuition, you know, we've essentially surpassed this now with our algorithms, right? That was his, this is his thesis, I believe. I don't think I'm mischaracterizing it. No, 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 no. Right. And you remember what I I, I said a little while back about Peterson's lectures, how people were just, you could hear a pin drop. Mm. Um, And I said that in a positive, I think that was a very positive thing. Well, I, I, it was the same with you, uh, Noah and, and the, and the WEF. 
Yeah. They lapped up what he was saying. And so I think you're absolutely right. I think spot on that that is the regime's fantasy. Yeah, this is this is the realization of their of their deepest desires, which is that we don't need God anymore. And we don't need people, really. Uh, we we have technology, and you know we we can usher in the utopia at least at least for the elites with with this, you know, with this technology or you know all all of the faults with man with mankind or all of the all of the all of the issues people have they can all be solved now. Whether people whether people want to be cured or not, they can be cured through this through this process, this kind of transhumanism. I think I think that's absolutely right, and I think what the point you raise about the regime—I think I think this is what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the, the regime has kind of tolerated Christianity within a certain framework to date, and 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 you know they kind of recognize that the people needed their you know f- funny little stories or how, have a lot of patronizing things they want to the way they think about it. But we're getting to the point where the regime is, is has the confidence, and Christianity is weak enough that the the sort of killer blow is coming where. I, I, and 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 just to finish this off with with a very pointed question. To, it, so I, I, I mean, one of the reasons I buy physical copies of the Bible, I'm convinced that you know the the Bible, and this is this is just Duma Dash uh, time maybe, but is I can't believe it's still legal to buy it, it right? G- given given the beliefs of the regime, given given everything else that's getting cancelled in the world, uh, and you know old books that. Aren't you know have to be updated because they're not politically correct. They don't they don't fit the n- narrative of the regime. Why you know why why isn't why isn't scripture coming under fire? Um, and I I just feel like one one day they will come for our Bibles. I'm sounding crazy now, but did, is that is that sort of where you were getting with that, or am I just? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, your characterization was correct, and I don't think actually I, I would say that's not um, crazy at all. I remember in college, and uh, you know hardly prof prophetic but i remember i was you know it, i was rolling at that time with uh you know a super progressive group i don't know how i you know was accepted by these people but um there was i was happened to be in you know they were all we were all together at one point and i was like there will be a there's coming a day pretty soon where everything that i'm saying now you will hate to such an extent that mm-hmm. you will have me arrested and it, it was something it was it was it was uh some religious context and you can see today with the people that are in charge as you rightly point out what it, why wouldn't they there's nothing mm. that is written in these pages that is not absolutely antithetical to everything that they are mm. um and if they are at all consistent they are going to try anyway to make these things illegal. And you can see this in Europe. There are uh, in, in the Scandinavian countries, like if you do, if uh, past, I think there wasn't there recently, uh, I think there was some, some past, somebody said something along the lines of, you know, Christianity says that um, homosexuality is, is wrong, a sin. You can't mm. do something like that. And I think he was, I think he was, he got, he, he fell into some kind of punishment. Uh, you saw this during, um, during, uh, during, uh, the summer of Floyd with, uh, mm. you know, with the, with the Rona that came out. I was like, no, I'm not doing this yet. I'm, I'm, I'm on, you are, you are not my God. I don't have to take this stupid thing if I don't want to. Yeah. And, you know, they were arrested there. 
Uh, mm. You see in whenever there's a, an Antifa outbreak, they start breaking shit at churches. They start lighting them on mm. fire. You saw it in Canada with the whole uh, that whole nonsensical made up problem with the uh, first peoples or whatever they call them up there when there was like all these dead mm. children buried under the thing which doesn't exist these children were never murdered this, this never happened yet they burned down the churches um so in small instances it already has happened and there's no reason to believe it wouldn't continue as long as this psychotic death cult continues to to run western society mm-hmm. mm. yeah that's um I mean, it's coming, right? And so it's 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 almost like the church, for want of an easy life, has kind of, you know, and I don't know how much of it's just naivety of buying this line, this kind of pluralism, like, oh, well, let's live and let live, without realizing that no, that you know, there has to be a dominant um, philosophy, should we say, or. Mm. You know, and that if 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 one is intolerant of another, then it you know it's like there can you know there can be only one ultimately, right? One one will grow stronger and 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 destroy the other, and so you know it's kind of existential for the for the church. And I I don't think the church realizes this. I think the answer is always to placate, and like you say, it's like next thing you've got rainbow flags at churches, which I'm not. That's that that is actually happening as far as I'm you know unless it was fake news that I saw. Um, so. You know, it's it's almost getting to the point where these main a lot of the, well the lib, the liberal churches anyway, you, you take the Bible away from them, they they wouldn't they would they wouldn't even notice anyway, right? And <clears> that their doctrine is completely in line with the, the cathedrals anyway. So yeah, I mean whether whether it's a displacement and and again to use that kind of evolutionary language, where, you know, so whether that's di- you know the regime actively goes to destroy the church, the remnant, or whether it just aims to make it irrelevant and co-opt and subvert the church as an organism, if you like, and, and just, and just converts it into something that it's not. Um, you know, I mean, that's been happening for over, Oh, I think, I think you said it was 150 years or something with the mm. Anglican church. So I mean, that process is well underway. I mean, the, the termites have feasted, you know, long and long and well. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so well, listen. I mean, that's that's we've ended on a bit of a black pill, but um, we, <laughs> well, we will we, be. Well, we'll end on a. Well, I'll give a, a positive note. Despite that, yes. there, there, there are there are strong men, and there are increasingly mm. they are rising. You know, this. Yes, there are there are signs, and there are people uh, better than the two of us coming up and saying, "Okay, uh, all right, we." Mm. You've, you've all fucked around long enough it's time let, let's get mm. back to work but it, it is it is it'll be slow in coming but they are coming well and that's and that's and so hopefully we, we can do a second part on this at least um and we can actually get into that because because one of the things i i personally see as being maybe my mission you know if, if if i can do well in life and if bitcoin can be be a part of that right where you know my priority is sort of my family but but you know, if, if if everything's okay with my family, what I'd like to do is I'd like to contribute to the to the church, right, and um, to to the true to the true faith. And um, so we, I'm I'm hoping for our, in the second half we can get into that and we can talk about how you know even how Bitcoin could help with that, right? Because we talked before about Bitcoin being it's not a religion, it's a tool, um, but it's a tool that we could use to save this this great religion right so you know we can we can talk a little bit about that and other things but yeah so hopefully the in the second half we can we can be a little bit more optimistic with 
with the direction we take it. But yeah, because I, I'm I also see a lot of bullish things happening in in you know a lot of a lot of the, the remnant, if you like, or just just like a lot of um, as you say, like strong young Christian men emerging and. Um, and hopefully that's going to co- coalesce into some kind of movement and hopefully, you know, I'd, I'd like to also be part of that. So Absolutely. Yeah, I look forward to discussing that in the, uh, in the next show. One hundred. All right, Dash, that was a good one. We'll set this up again soon to all the folks out there. Stay safe out there. Yo, I'm looking at the skyline as I drive my skyline. I'm rocking baby name like Neo in a way. Tokyo drifting, what Nakimoto gifted. These dollars don't make sense, no longer on the fence. Bitcoin only, homie. Michael Saylor told me, ain't no second best. It's my one and only. Red dot GTR, DCA to BTC, stacking sacks manager. Hey, Konichiwa, wipe like red dot GTR, DCA to BTC, stacking sacks manager. TikTok, next block, this is a major epoch. My C phrase, I keep locked. Don't worry about what we got, what he got, what she got. If it's Bitcoin, we good, bruh. If it's Bitcoin, we good, bruh. If it's Bitcoin, we good, bruh. Like, hey, got a thousand flows. Hey. Done a hundred shows hey. Check the proof of work yep. Yeah, man, it really shows hey. Citadel living V for V We keep on giving out You know what we're all about We orange, purple, kitted out Increasing Bitcoin adoption So many plebs have adopted TikTok, next block You know we ain't gonna stop it Increasing Bitcoin adoption So many plebs have adopted TikTok, next block You know we ain't gonna stop it Woo.